Welcome to the Navigation Church Podcast, featuring practical and encouraging weekly messages from one of our pastors or featured guests. Make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. Every message is committed to helping you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's today's message with Pastor David Amston. Nav family, are you ready for the Word of God? Yes. Come on. Hey, welcome to uh, the beginning of a brand new conversation. Um, hang on a second. There we go. Hey, Nav family, who's ready for the Word of God? Who's ready? Hang on one second. I think I want this here. Yeah, that's better. Hey, Nav family, who's ready for the Word? Is it off-center? I think it's off-center. Should be here? Yeah. Hey, Nav family, who's ready for the Word of God? <laughs> yeah. How many people are going, wow, that guy is anal? <laughs> right? Or how many, got, how many are sitting there going, I think he has OCD? Right? Or here's the label I'd give myself, sometimes just a perfectionist. Right. So if I were to ask you, what would be three words that you would describe yourself by? What would those three words be? And by the way, I'm pausing right now because this is meant for you to talk because that was set up. So if I were to say right now, grab a piece of paper, write down three words, pull out your phone in your notes. What are three words to define you? If we were to start passing a microphone and you had to define yourself in three words, what would those three words be? Because just so you know, I could care less where this stuff is. I, I actually trust the decor team to put the little marks on the stage to know where it's supposed to go. And right now, the camera and the light guy is going, it's off by this much. So they're the ones that are perfectionists, not me. So while you think about that a little bit, here's what I want to do. I want to welcome you to our brand new conversation called Wayside. You may not know what that means, but over the next couple of weeks, we're going to explain it. But I do want to tell you, it comes specifically from a gentleman. His name is Doug. Uh, Douglas is on the book, but I know him as Doug. I had an awesome opportunity to meet this gentleman. And actually, I don't know how, but somehow we've become friends. And he's, there will be one day that he's here with us. And he's actually a best-selling author, New York Times best-selling author. This is one of multiple books that he wrote. And I bought this after meeting him because he was a friend of mine. I just wanted to see what he wrote. After reading it, I was like, man, there will be a day that I preach this at the church. And by the way, that day's today. Why? Because we're coming up to the end of the year. And at some point, how many are ready to finish strong? How, how many, there's some places in your life that you just kind of feel like, I'm done fighting this battle. I'm done trying to push this uphill. What is it about me? What is it I need to learn? What is it I need to see that I need to finish strong. Well, the wayside, even though it doesn't even sound like it, is going to be that conversation for us. And we're going to stay on one specific story the entire time we're together. And it comes out of Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. These couple verses are what we're going to talk about over a four-week period. And here's what 46 says. Then they came to Jericho, they being Jesus and his disciples. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. 
And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So all of a sudden, everyone in this community that was just telling this guy to shut it is now on team Jesus. And they come and they said, hey, they, they called to the blind man, cheer up, blind man, that's odd. His name wasn't blind man, his name was Bartimaeus. We just covered that. But uh, they all just called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he, came, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And Jesus, had just this is an amazing question. I can't wait till we break into this. What do you want me to do for you? And by the way, if I was making a movie... It would look like this. What would you want me to What would you want me to do for you? Like I would like he wouldn't even be looking in the right direction, right? He would be lost. What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, "Rabbi, I want to see." Jesus said, "Go. Your faith has healed you." Immediately he recovered his sight and followed Jesus along the road. God, thank you for the reading of the scripture, and today as we begin to unpack this, give us wisdom, insight, and knowledge to what it is you're trying to say to us so that we can finish well and get out of the wayside. So if you were to look at the time and era that we're talking about, Jericho was a beautiful city. Actually, it was a city that a gentleman by the name King Herod built. It was as known as his summer home, if you could say it like that. Uh, it was also, it, it was known as the city of palm trees. It had many running springs. It was actually technologically, it was very advanced. It actually had water systems throughout the city to bring water into town, into buildings. And it also had a sewer system, removing that, that waste, if you would, from the community. It was absolutely beautiful city. That, Jericho, some would say, is the oldest city in mankind. There's arguments on that. But I can tell you, the same Jericho that you would go visit today that has an, around 20,000 people living in it is the same Jericho that we're reading about here and now. And so what we have is we have Jesus and his group coming into this beautiful city with streets lined with merchants. The most up-to-date technology that you can find is going to be here. The rich, the powerful, the influential is in this area. And then off to the corner, you have a gentleman by the name of Bartimaeus who is blind and a beggar yelling out for Jesus. And so I would say it'd be pretty easy to look at Bartimaeus's life and go, man, if we were going to label him, what would the label be? So I have a question for you. I ask it once already. If I were to ask you, if you were going to define yourself in three words, what would it be? Or can I say it this way? What would your label be for yourself? Because I made a couple notes. I, I have a guess that some of us, and I'll put us because I'm in this conversation with you, some of us, we would maybe give you our physical attributes. Because when I think about myself, I think tall, dark, and handsome. Now, <laughs> even though I'm medium height and I'm almost transparent white, and I clearly <laughs> have a good personality, I think some of us would define ourselves by physical attributes. Others, we may define ourselves by accomplishments that we've had, right? I'm successful. I have a business. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a philanthropist. I'm, a, I, I'm broke. Like, I failed. I had bankruptcy. 
right? It could be some type of the different achievements. It could be your personality itself. I'm funny. I'm witty. I'm dull. I will say just for announcements, we saw the yin and yang of personalities up here and I absolutely loved it, right? There's different personalities. Like I have a dry sense of humor. I have a sarcastic sense of humor. Like it could be you're actually describing some more of your personality. It could be your life situations you're in. Do you label yourself? I'm married. I'm single. I'm a dad. I have kids kids, right? I'm divorced. I'm, what are those labels that we put on ourselves? Maybe even things like hobbies. You know, I enjoy watching MMA. I enjoy boxing. I enjoy weightlifting. I enjoy knitting. I enjoy woodworking. What are the labels that you put on yourself? But then here's the quick follow-up question I have for you. What are the labels that you put on yourself that you've defined yourself to create the future that you want for yourself versus what are the labels that have been put on you that you've owned that you've decided to live with that is now defining the destiny that you don't even want? I can't say that again. I didn't have that written down. That, that just... Because here's the interesting thing. The labels that we picked up from the past all too often determine our destiny. Now, if they're labels that you've chosen to take in order to direct your future, that is a very powerful thing. But if you're just taking a label because all of society, even though they know your name is Bartimaeus, they choose to call you the blind guy, the failure, hey, can I just, I'm just going to use some more, right? They called you the whore. They called you easy. They called you a player, right? Like what are these words that we have taken upon ourselves? But the fact is they're not even labels that you want, but somehow they've been given to us. And let's be honest, we usually have some of these labels just because of appearance, and it's very interesting. I'm going to do a quick Bible study for you in case you know it. Wonderful. If not, here's what it is. You've heard of a guy named King David before. King David was going to be anointed by a guy named Samuel. Samuel comes walking into the house. David's first brother comes walking into this house. Tall, handsome, distinguished man. And the prophet goes, that has to be him. He looks the part. And God said to the prophet at that point, he said, don't judge by outside appearance. It's what's on the inside that matters. So I would ask you to follow a question to this then. What's on the inside of you that isn't being able to get out because the outside labels that you've fallen into? Because unless we know what the labels are that we have, you're saying, we can believe what others have labeled us or we can start believing what God has called us to. I'm going to say that again in order to make sure you heard it. We can either believe the labels that we have been given by man, the labels that we've been given by a dysfunctional father, the label that we've been given by a mom that abandoned us, a label that was given to a, by a teacher that was frustrated on that day, a, later, a label that was given by a counselor that had no business doing counseling. We label that's been given to you. Is that the label that, you've been, that you're living by or are you living according to the label that God wants you to have those things are two different ways because labels will always try to prohibit you from the very place that God is positioning you 
And if you carry the wrong label too long, you're going to end up being in the wayside. Here's what I mean by that. So the whole commentary on this book and on Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, when you say this, is you have this beautiful, beautiful city of Jericho, and it has uh, amazing architects. It has all type of manufacturing. It has sales. It has merchants. And then on one side of the road, they actually uh, devised a way for water. Can I say this? for water to come in almost like modern day sewer and families would get clean waters to the house. But then on the wayside or the sewer side was where the water went out. So on the healthy side of the city where there was vibrant water, you would see vibrant life and you would see life in this community because it was fruitful. But then there was one side of the community that no one just kind of hung out in. Why? Because that's you ever heard the phrase, stuff rolls downhill? Okay, listen, I'm just trying to make sure we're on the same page. Because I'm not sure if I'm, I know I'm allowed to say poop, and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say crap. But like, at some point, this is what it is. So let's say this, Bartimaeus was sitting on the sewer side of the city. And the reason he was there was because the label that was given to him. All too often in life, you may be sitting in the poo of your life, I just said poo because I have kids, and so you're welcome. Like, is there a chance you're sitting in the waste of your life because of the labels that you've been given yourself? And you know what you mean, I mean by this when I say this. When you rethink about who you are, when you start talking about yourself, do you elevate yourself or do you decrease yourself? Do you tear yourself down or do you build yourself up? Because if you're one that always finds the negative aspect of who you are, I'm going to say the label that you have is putting you into the sewers of life. And you will never find a refreshing drink as long as you're in the sewers. And you wonder to yourself, why is it I can't feel happy? Why is it I can't feel satisfied? Why is it I can't feel clean? It's because you're letting everybody's waste come to you because of a false belief system that you have that you either put on yourself, that someone over you gave to you, or somewhere through time, community has just said that to you. But here's the interesting thing about this, is not always do we just have the sewers of life because we've created that for us. Ready for this? I, I guess I would say I have a couple points for today, if you would. Sometimes, and most of the times, life and messes are connected. Okay, my wife and I, we random, I'm going to get in trouble for talking about this out loud. Here you go. We've recently been talking about maybe moving again. We've been looking at some houses. We've been exploring some stuff. And I, here's why I'm going to get in trouble. It's, now I have to update you if we're moving or not. So just, just plan on no, but probably. So like, and one of the things I said to her, I said, hey, if we go to move, just about every one of the kids' doors have a hole in it where the, where the door stop is supposed to stop the door. So my parents, do I have any parents out there? I need your help today. I need, okay, all right. And so, and I have a hot water heater that we, we, we would call lukewarm water heater, you know? But everyone's like, you gotta change your water heater. And here's what I've discovered. Cold water, kids get out faster. Why do I wanna change it? Works fine for me, right? And so, like, we have all these little things. Why? Because sometimes life just brings messes our way. And it's nothing that you did it's nothing that you created, it's life. But here's the interesting about life. I have, a, I have a scripture for you. You may have never read this one, but it's so interesting. Proverbs 14, 4 says this, 
Only a clean stable is an empty stable. So hey, if you guys want a clean, perfect life, do nothing. Like clear your life of all friendships, clear your life of all relationships, clear clear your life of all appointments, and then possibly you can have a mess-free life. But here's what it goes on to say. So if you want the work of an ox to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. I feel like you guys don't understand what that's saying. So imagine an ox. How descriptive do I need to get here? None. We got none. Does anyone need a description? I'll give it to you. Okay. So literally when an ox is working, there's another scripture that says don't muzzle the ox right? Because we got to save what's ours. That's not what this one's talking about. This is just saying, listen, if you're going to have a life, let me, how about if I say it this way? There's a difference between living and existing. And we're not called to exist, especially as a follower of Jesus Christ. We are called to live and we're called to thrive and we're called to be alive. And the more that you walk and the more that you eat, the more waste that's going to come out. And life and messes go hand in hand. And that's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a God thing. It ain't a Satan thing. It's a thing. And so what I want to say, though, in these places of messes, we actually give uh, God views messes as opportunities for miracles. So when we're in the tough places of life, and by the way, I'm talking about two places here. Place number one, life has just happened. Something comes your way and there's a mess. Congratulations, there's an opportunity for a miracle. But the second thing that I would say to you, there's a chance you just continually have habitual messes in your life because of the false labels that you've given yourself that you choose to sit in the waste side of life, in the waste side of life, and you wonder why life is so bad. I'm here to call you up today. I'm here to say you do not have to believe the labels that you've been given. And in case you're wondering, and yeah, I'm going to plug it. Feel free to buy this book. There's two full pages of nothing but scriptures that you can read of what the Bible, of what the Bible actually says to you in different places. And da, 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 let me see if I can find it real quick. You are God's masterpiece. He has created you anew in Jesus Christ so that we can have good things planned for us a long time ago. Ephesians 2.10. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. The old labels are gone. The old waste is gone. The old definitions are gone. The old belief systems are gone. The new life has begun. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I, you, we are no longer called slaves because the master doesn't confide in his slaves. We are friends of God. John 15, 15. I'm going to keep preaching this today till you all start believing it. Okay? Because you have to understand, you may have walked in here today with a label that you believed about yourself, but I am going to be standing here telling you the truth about who you are. You are a creation of Christ. He formed you and fashioned you in your mother's womb before the foundations of the earth. He knew that you were going to be walking in this time and he doesn't want you sitting in poo and crap and dung and waste. He wants you to be walking in the label that he's been given you. And so sometimes that happens because of the labels we give ourselves, and sometimes that happens because of life and life alone. But you know what the exciting thing about the messes? Ready for this? Messes are an opportunity for miracles. And I know you guys have heard that phrase before. I didn't make up that phrase. Douglas didn't make or Doug didn't make up that phrase. Here's what it is. It's just truth. 
God looks an opportunity for miracles. And, and, and in case you don't know this part of the Bible, there was this group called the children of Israel. They were in captivity. They were in captivity for hundreds of years, and God decided to deliver them out of captivity. As they're being delivered out of captivity, the Egyptian army starts coming after them to bring them back to captivity. In Exodus 14, it says that the people said this, hey, wasn't, you know, weren't the cemeteries large enough in Egypt? Like, couldn't we have just died there? So you had to take us out here in the wilderness to die? What have you done to us, taking us out of Egypt? Think about this. Think if your great, 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 great grandpa had been in captivity. And so is that grandpa, and so is that grandpa, and so is that grandpa, and so is your mom and dad, and you're living in captivity, and one day you get out of captivity. And on the heels of being no longer a slave, making bricks by hand, building structures that you never get to go to, eating only the food that they let you have, and in any day if someone beats you, there's no repercussions for you to go back to. Imagine after all that slavery, you get out of slavery, and on the heels of that, your first comment is, you brought us out here to die, why didn't you leave us back there? What a mindset. Or could I say this? What a mess. Like, that's just crazy thinking. But in the middle of that mess, God decided to show his miraculous power by showing the strength of who God is in the middle of our hard times. Why is it that these hard times come and go? Why is it sometimes they're here to stay? It's because in those places, we can find the power of Jesus Christ in our life. And so listen to this. So now, the children of Israel, they're going across the Red Sea. I don't know if they were running, but in my head, I'm almost out of time, so I got to go. Ready for this? So they're going across the Red Sea. They're looking over their shoulders. Pharaoh's coming on his chariots and horses. Yep, there's a lot of action and drama happening right now. The music is coming up. Moses is like, get over here, get over here, get the last child. And all of a sudden, like a grandpa trips and falls, boom. And all of a sudden, and they have to go back and get him. And all of a sudden, Bruce Willis shows up. Sorry, man, I just, I got like almost a diehard thing going on. Are you with me? I know you are, right? And so now all of a sudden, you get this last grandpa out. And this guy, he's fishing because the water's there. And all they're like, you redneck, we're going to leave you. You know, you And so he gets out of the water. And all of a sudden, the water comes crashing out. And children of Israel are safe. Exodus 14.30 says this, God delivered Israel that day from the oppression of the Egyptian. And Israel looked at the Egyptian dead washed up on the shore of the sea and realized the tremendous power that God brought against the Egyptians. The people were in reverent awe before God and trusted in God and the servant Moses. In the middle of your mess, imagine the most beautiful miracle that you could experience. And let me ask you this, who gets really, really big, your mess or your God? Our God every time. And so if you're in the middle of a mess right now, just know this, I believe that you can find God in it. If, because I'm going to say this again, if I were to ask you to define yourself by three words, if I were to, please do not do this. Those online, don't do this. But if I were to ask you to raise your hand, how many had one word that was negative? How many had one word that was self-deprecating? How many had one word that you, you said because you thought you needed to, but you didn't really believe it yourself? How many had no words? 
because your identity is lost. How many needed to ask a friend because you've lost your own voice? So here's what I would say to you. Number one, acknowledge God in the middle of your mess. Transformation rarely happens in isolation, but it's in community. It's the reason we have gen groups. It's the reason we have nav groups. It's the reason we have serve groups. It's the reason we have all these different groups for you to get connected in because something powerful happens when it's in community. When you're able to go to someone else's house and as you go to that house, all of a sudden there's a safe environment for you to say, listen, when pastor said this past week, how would I define myself? And you say it and rather than this group affirming your wrong belief and saying, well, no, you kind of are that person. Rather than going, hang on a second, let's start speaking truth to that. So how do you understand the mess that you're in and acknowledge the labels that you have, acknowledge God in the middle of it? Number two, it's time to worship God in the middle of your mess. Okay? Here's another way I could say it. Find gratitude for something. I know you're not going to believe this, but if you're ever in a situation where gratitude is impossible to find, give me a call. I honestly think over the last couple of years, I've become an expert on finding something to be grateful for. But he just got his leg cut off. Does he have his other one? Like there is always. <laughs> you know? And did you hear pastor died? Yeah, but he still had life insurance. Like Cammy's happy. Like there is always something positive that you could find somewhere. Some of you laughed a little. Like <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and evil villain, like you're back there going, yes, he did die. (laughs) So like, but here's the thing. There's always a place to find gratitude. And when it comes to Jesus and the worship that you give him, most of the times what we try to do, here's what we try to do. We try to worship Jesus so he can take care of the problem. Jesus doesn't want to solve your symptom. He wants to take care of the source. So when we try to worship, here's how we worship. We're like, God, I thank you that you're going to take care of this problem. God, I thank you that you're strong enough. God, I thank you. No, when I talk about worshiping God in these places, here's what I'm saying. God, you are more than enough. You have a Lord, Lord, King of Kings. Pull out the Lord's Prayer. Just read that slowly. And whatever a line says, our Father who's in heaven, God, I'm going to worship you. You're outside of me. You're in eternity. You're away from mankind. You're the overseer, creator by you. I live and move and have my being. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. God, you are holy. You are perfect. You are sinless. God, your ways are pure. Your actions are right. Like, if nothing else, just pray the Lord's Prayer. Or do this. Get on YouTube, look up Christian worship songs, and just hit play. Like anything other than what we most of the time focus in our worship is us. Because we're telling God about our problem. No, no, no. I need to see my problem in light of God. Or another way to say it is this. Sometimes we worship because we know God is good. Other times we need to worship until we know he is good. Like on a Sunday morning when we come in, the band's hot and everyone's here and the lights are dim. That's easy to worship that God because we're telling you this is who he is. But what happens if you're sitting in the middle of your waist? The doctor's about to call. The creditor's about to call. Your strange spouse is about to call. Can you worship God in that place 
just like you did here in this place. So number one, let's acknowledge that God will meet us there. Number two, we worship him for who he is. And then number three, we got to deal with our labels. Here's the beautiful thing about the, a label may describe you, but your identity in, de, in Christ can define you. A label may describe you, but finding your identity in Christ will define you. And something interesting that can happen, and you may have never experienced this before, but I promise you, this happens nonstop. Actually, let me, let me say it this way. I don't feel like I have to be the defender of the gospel to every, um, I was going to say moron. I can't use that word, so let me not use that. <laughs> I don't feel like I have to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person who posts something online. Amen. You know why? That's the Holy Spirit's job. I also don't feel like I need to defend God to every church up the road from me. Amen. You know why? That's the Holy Spirit's job. You know what I don't feel like I have to do? You know why? That's the Holy Spirit's job. But when it comes to me, that's also the Holy Spirit's job. So if you want to know what label is wrong about you, I challenge you to say this prayer. Dear Jesus, where is my identity off? And then here's how you finish that prayer. Be quiet. See, all too often in prayer, we talk too much and don't listen enough. Because we think we need to inform the all-knowing, almighty, all-powerful God everything we know. He's sitting up there patiently waiting for us to be quiet. Because we just ask a question. And here's what the question is. What label do I have on me that is a wrong identity keeping me from my destiny that you're calling me to? And stop for a second and see if the Holy Spirit doesn't say something. And you'll go, man, I haven't thought of that before. And here's why. Because you're looking at symptoms, not the source. But the Holy Spirit wants to take care of the source. You didn't start cutting yourself because this was a good idea. You started cutting yourself because down here, someone put a label on you. You don't always feel alone because you're an introvert. You may feel alone because somewhere down here, there's an abandonment issue you need to deal with. And you keep yourself alone to reinforce a negative belief system that you have about yourself. I'm an overachiever. It's just all what I've done. No, you're someone clinging for identity. And rather than someone valuing who you are, you think your worth is found in what your work. But what if you stop long enough for people to get to know you? Well, if you really get to know me, you may not like me. All of those are improper labels that we have to start shedding off. And then you wonder why at night you're by yourself in the waste of your own thinking. It's because the cloak that you're wearing is one that you have put on is your own identity. But if we just pause long enough to know this, God, in the middle of this mess, that either life through my way or that I've created because of my mindset, I can find you here. And by the way, in the middle of this mess, I don't just worship you in good times. I worship you in bad times because, God, you're worthy of my praise no matter what time it is. And by the way, God, while I'm here and life kind of stinks, how about we work on something? And you know who you get to work on? I know you think it's your spouse. I know you think it's your boss who's just a moron. All right, is that the second time I use that word? I don't think I'm allowed to use that word. Okay. I know it's, a, you know who it is? It's every politician you see on the news channel. 
Oh, and the news channels. Like, you're, you have, like that's all everything you can fix. There is one thing in this life that you have the power to change. It's you. If not, next week when we continue our conversation, if you find yourself still sitting on the wayside while the rest of us are moving on, just know God will give you an opportunity to work on you. So Holy Spirit, I just ask on this day in your strength and your power. Actually, God, I want to do something. By your grace, I want to say a prayer for all of us. And we will pause and listen. Holy Spirit, where are we carrying wrong labels? Holy Spirit, where do I have a wrong identity? Holy Spirit, what belief system do I have that makes me want to sit in the wayside of my life? God, come and meet us here. Every one of us have a place like this, but God, you can meet us here. And if I feel lost and if I feel abandoned today, God, I choose out of my own mouth. I worship you, God. I worship my Savior. I worship my King. I worship my Lord. Today, God, give me the opportunity to find a miracle in the middle of my mess. Let's just, let's just sit here for another couple minutes, a minute or so. And watch the Holy Spirit talk to you. For those letting your mind wander right now, bring it back and ask the question, God, what label do I have? God, I thank you for your anointing that's here today. I know that most of you have your eyes closed. Just stay that way. There's one label that if you have today, I need you to throw it off. If you are lost, if you're a sinner not saved by grace, if you don't know the salvation power of Jesus Christ, in my humble opinion, the most important label for you to throw off is one away from Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you're, if you're in our online community, if you're sitting here in person, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, knowing that 2,000 years ago he died on a cross because you're a sinner that needs salvation, 
Think of your life. You were in a pawn shop. You were in hawk, and Jesus came and bought a price that you couldn't pay yourself. Jesus came and paid that price for you to have life and life abundant. If you're here today, if you're watching an online community, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, with eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus today, no one's looking but me, could I just ask you to simply raise your hand in the air so that I can see that you've made that decision? And as decisions are happening here in the air, I see those hands back there. If you're in an online community right now, the same question is going to go to you, but raise your hand, hit the like button, put in a comment, whatever you need to, to let us see that you've made that decision. Could I ask everyone around the room to say this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, today is the day. I'm done. I'm done. I've been on the wayside. The stuff of life is just too much. The drama in my head, I'm ready for freedom. Forgive me of my sins. Become Lord of my life. Forgive me, God. God, I thank you for every hand that went up. I thank you for every prayer that was said out of that heart of knowledge. And I ask today, God, that they find you as their Lord and Savior. And we as Navigation Church, we're excited to begin their journey of helping them take their next step in a growing relationship with you. God, your anointing is here, is palpable, and we can, I know that you're moving in people's hearts today. We say thank you for this. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, church, can we do this? Can we put our hands together and just celebrate? I know it's kind of a... As a pastor, I'm, I can read times God gives me the grace to just read what's happening and I can tell that God is moving on a lot of you right now. And so I'm going to go ahead and smoothly thank you for coming and allow you to either sit where you are, say hi to a friend. But I will say this, that if you're a guest here with us today, please stop by our Connecting Center. We want to know that you are here. We want to connect with you. We are so, church, can we tell, we are so grateful that you stopped by NAV Church today to be a part of what we're doing. If you're someone here that is just ready to take your next step, your, your spiritual walk is stale, here's what I need you to do. Stop by our next step booth. We are ready to help you take your next step in a growing relationship. But until, until you gather together again as the church, I want to say this to you. I believe that God has words to be spoken over you, truths to be given to you, and life to instill in you. So every label that is against the kingdom of God, we strip off of you so that he can give you the identity that Christ died for. Amen. God bless you. Thanks again for joining us this week on the Navigation Church podcast. We hope this message strengthened and encouraged you in the next step of your journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. And if you want more information about Navigation Church or wish to connect with us in more ways, visit navchurch.org, download the Nav app in your app or Google Play Store, Subscribe to our YouTube channel and even like the Navigation Church page on Facebook. And again, make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. For now, know Navigation Church is always here to help you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ.
We'll see you soon.